Welcome to the Big Mike Fun Podcast, where you learn about advanced wealth building strategies from real estate investing to creating massive ROI and secure retirement profits. So pour yourself a cup of coffee, grab a notepad, and lean in. Welcome to the Big Mike Fun Podcast. I'm the Big Mike. Mike Zlatnik. And today it is my pleasure and privilege to welcome back Willie Holberg. Hi, Willie. Hey, Mike. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Can't complain. Great to see you at CG last week. And thanks for coming on the, on the podcast uh, again. No problem. Thanks for having me back. So let's jump quickly into, uh, just again, for the audience, Willie and Paul are uh, partners who run discountlots.com, and we've been investing with them. We love working with them. But this episode is going to be uh, about discount lots strategy uh, in relation to what's happening out there with rising interest rates, possible recession on the horizon, how they're stress testing their portfolio, and uh, hopefully all, all other good stuff. So... Uh, just before we go there, a couple of quick words. What's what's new in the world of Discount Lots? Um, a lot of good things from the DiscountLots.com side. So we have been, actually June is going to be another record record month for us. We had two, our past two weeks were our two best weeks. We've never had back-to-back weeks where we sold 40 lots a week. So um, things are good. Um, new sales are rolling through. Um, payments coming in. So Discount Lots is going well. On the flip side, we're just continuing to uh, do more of the same. So we've got two sides of our business. For those that are listening, part is selling selling lots on discountlots.com on, uh, on payment terms. And then we also flip properties uh, for cash, hire realtors. We're really good at sourcing discounted properties. Um, so we basically have essentially two disposition strategies. One is on our website, discountlots.com. The other is just listing with realtors, selling for cash. We've got some great deals in the pipeline there too. So uh, things are good. Can't complain. That's really cool. So it, it's great to hear that um, despite the rising interest rates, people are still buying land, lot, land lots in the middle of the boonies. <laughs> that's, that's, that's your strategy. And I guess the, the cash flips, you do some infill lot, lots as well, right? You do some city lots. Right, right. And so just on, on the rising interest rate front, so we do have some lots that are in the outskirts of towns. We, we tend to buy in uh, developing areas where they're sort of in the path of progress. And we buy lots in a lot, a lot of properties and subdivisions as well that are in that have utilities um, basically hooked up to the property or nearby the property. Um, some utilities, some water, some sewer, some lots of water and sewer. So we buy the whole gambit, but um, just touching on the rising interest rates, uh, we had that great presentation um, about affordability with Bruce Norris last week, and that was super informative and, and pretty enlightening to us. Um, and we could talk about the cash side of the business, but for the discountlots.com side of the business, um, interest rates don't really have too much of an impact for those sales. And that's because we we're basically um, selling the lots on term. So we, we, we determine what the payment terms are going to be. So if interest rates go up, we're not raising rates on our customers because we sell property on installment contract, 0% interest. So our payment terms stay the same. So those that are getting priced out in some more expensive markets in major metro areas, um, like Los Angeles or San Diego or Austin, Texas, or, um, Dallas, Texas, or wherever, um, we don't, uh, our, 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 our payment terms stay the same. So 
uh, afford people aren't getting priced out basically as interest rates go up. So that aspect of our business is is unaffected. So just wanted to kind of clarify that a little bit. That, that's a pretty powerful comment, which makes total sense. Um, Bruce Norris' presentation was the affordability index went from um, 25% to 17% in California, in Southern California. He's Mr. Southern California uh, economist. Uh, in three months because of the rising interest rates. So affordability of these expensive houses is, is under substantial pressure with the higher interest rates. But the land lots that you sell, well, what's your typical sales price now? It's still fairly inexpensive lots, like $25,000, $30,000 a lot. Is that, is that what you, you sell in terms typically? Yeah, so it's it's around 24000 over, call it seven, eight years, is kind of the average payment terms for us. Yeah, and, and you're still selling these typically when what, a, six-year term is that you still what you're doing it's around seven is our average in our portfolio right now so you, you've been essentially extending the payment term a little bit from the six year to seven now to um to what to lower them off the payment well um yeah what we noticed is we had some um this was about i can't even remember maybe six months to a year ago we noticed that um some of the properties on our website were just sitting there longer than others. And we kind of dug in and, and started listening to phone calls, viewing property listings on our website. What we determined is that we had some mispricing and we had our, we, we priced our, our lots, the terms based on what we bought them for. And rather than what the consumer actually is able to afford and what makes sense for them. So after, after that experience, we kind of went back and said, Hey, here's kind of what the market's asking for. And so we basically lowered some of the terms on some of the properties and raised them on others to make them more um, consistent throughout so that we had more consistent pricing terms throughout all the properties on our website. Once we did that, we noticed that our sales went up, spiked 30% the following month. So that that's kind of, um, that was that was a pretty reasonable pricing shift that we had. And that was called six months, two years, uh, a year ago. And that has really accelerated our sales after we made that, that that one minor tweak. Yeah, your whole business is data-driven, heavily data-driven. You, you're watching data, a lot of data points uh, all the time. And this is something that, uh, let's talk a little bit about um, data and what we are kind of doing. So we are monitoring what you guys are doing because we invest with you. And uh, these monthly calls we do, you guys provide a ton of data and uh, including the collections data. So wh why I'm shifting there is whether the economy turns into a recession and generally during recession, uh, people lose jobs and typically they lose the ability to pay for these lots and uh, having a lot um, somewhere in the, again, forgive me, I'm calling it boonies, but not <laughs> somewhere near where they live uh, becomes a discretionary item that they, uh, they may stop making payments on. So um, let, let's just talk a little bit about that because I think it's very important to understand what data points you're measuring and how you can adjust based on that if you're starting to see uh, more delinquencies in payments. So what kind of delinquencies are you seeing now? Delinquencies in defaults, what kind of rates? And then what would happen if you started seeing more delinquencies? Because uh, some people are worried about this business model and they call it lots, lots, lots of land, the price can fall. Um, and it's very different for builder lots. Right? When, when the market turns, all these builder lots become a problem because people pay top dollar for them to build. And then when the product is no longer needed, the price of a builder lots fall. But these lots are not your typical uh, builder lots. They're more of a, 
small lots where people use for recreational purposes. Yeah, definitely. So uh, on the builder lots, we could talk about that in a second. Um, we are making changes as we see um, changes in the macroeconomic environment. But for our portfolio numbers, so I guess just fundamentally, we, we, we buy these lots, we sell them at called five to six times our cost. So a lot, just inherently, a lot of the long term, and we get our cost, we get our money back on, on the cost of that lot in about 16 months. So a lot of, most of the longer tail credit risk that we take on is mitigated because our margins are so high. So that's first and foremost, and um, why I love this business and, and kind of why we, we tried to grow and scale this business because the unit economics of this business are just so powerful, so strong. Um, so in terms of uh, default rate charge off, so we, we're, we project less than a percent um, in, I How guess- many percent, One more time, sorry, I, I missed it. How many percent? So we are projecting less than 1% charge off uh, next month. And that's sort of in line where we've been. And, um, and so in our delinquency is around, it, it, it hovers between 10 to 14%. Uh, it's been fairly consistent. We haven't really seen- Explain that 14% delinquency is 1% charter. I, I don't quite understand why that's the case. So uh, delinquency just means that someone is at least one day late on their payments or they, they just missed their payment. Then, um, their credit card got declined or whatever. They're now a they're now late in our portfolio. They're in the category of zero to thirty days delinquents. So um, we have around ten to fourteen percent in that range are delinquents on their payments. So a charge off for us is that we write that off that we write that credit off as a default in our portfolio, and so that uh, only less than one percent of our portfolio is getting charge off. Um, we're projecting for July. Does that make sense? So the people who are late, they eventually pay. That's what you're saying. The difference Correct. between 14 and 1% 1 is your, your payment people call them and you say, hey, listen, you're going to lose this lot unless you're going to make a payment. Your credit card got declined for whatever reason. Uh, go fix the problem and make a payment, right? And, and that's what gets that, that delta between 10 to 14% delinquency to 1% default. Correct. However long it is. However long it takes you. Exactly. That makes sense. So um, we, we've gone through this exercise. Uh, just, just kind of tell the audience what stress tests have we kind of looked at and what are we basically preparing? Well, what are you preparing for in the case of a severe recession? What kind of delinquencies and kind of charge-offs uh, are uh, the stress test condition? What are we going to see? What, what percentage of the people will default or del become delinquent? I'm just, again, for the discussion of the audience to understand uh, how to stress test uh, the investments. And for us, we, we've been monitoring and we've had this discussion quite a bit and we go back and forth. We'll continue to um, prepare in case of a recession. So let's talk a little bit about the stress conditions. Yeah, no problem. So, um, I, so I built out basically an operating model. We've been sort of updating the model um, since, since basically we started this business. And so my background is investment banking finance. So I have the experience of building out all the details and the mechanics behind um, just how this will flow. So basically the, the, the levers that we wanted to pull on to stress test the model are, are largely the charge off rate. Um, and so just for, in, for, um, for context, if we were ever in, in a stress scenario, which we're about to be in the recession, maybe the labor market uh, tightens and unemployment goes up, 
and, and starts impacting our portfolio, great. So what would happen in our business is we would um, generally tighten on our expenses. And so our business model is very flexible because we have all of this recurring revenue and about 80 plus percent of our ex operating expenses, we're a very operational heavy business. Um, but all, all, all the expenses, the marketing, the sales um, are focused on growth, growing the portfolio, growing new sales. If we ever get to a point where we need to kind of take it back, we can really reduce our expenses very dramatically. And so say just in the most extreme scenario, we were to, um, I guess, fire all of our employees, stop spending on ads, stop spending on marketing. Hopefully this will never happen. Just kind of going through this uh, scenario we can basically eliminate 95% of our expenses and still have all this recurring revenue coming in. So right now we have over 1600 payers on our portfolio and they're making monthly payments. If we like cleaned house, for example, and just started collect, becoming a collections company where we're collecting on our portfolio, we would um, be able to just kind of service our debt and not really grow the business, but, um, and, and just yeah, service our portfolio and collect revenue and be extremely profitable extremely quickly. So that's a lever that we have to pull on at any point in time, um, if we ever needed to. And so just in the model that we put together, so we, you wanted to stress test the scenario. You're like, what happens if half of your portfolio falls off over this time frame? Obviously we'll still continue to sell properties. This is an extreme scenario one that we don't anticipate happening, but we want to be prepared for. So the, the levers that we tweaked in the model were the charge off rate. Um, and we just bumped that up dramatically. So like I mentioned, we're only projecting less than 1% charge off for the month of July. But Mike wanted me to put like, okay, what happens if you put 8% charge off? So we bumped it to 8% and we kind of saw what the model looked like. If we reduced our expenses, like in this scenario, we, we kind of, um, are more defensive and not focused on growth. So we limit our expenses and we kind of service our portfolio and assume that 8% of our portfolio is falling off over each month over the next, I think it was around 18 months to kind of see what would happen. So that's the sort of stress test that we performed. And to um, uh, the good news from that, that stress scenario is, is that again, because we have so much recurring revenue coming in and um, we can be extremely lean, extremely quickly. We're able to service our debt and, be, and still continue to be profitable in that scenario. Yeah, I appreciate Willie, the explanation. And what's really uh, important is not the extremes. You're not going to go lay off all the people overnight. But that's not the <laughs> first of all scenario highly unlikely. Number one, number two, um, uh, this time that gives you opportunity to adjust. So every month you're looking at the data and if you see the charge off scenario um, growing, you can start adjusting rather quickly. In some ways, it's actually a positive thing when the charge off means somebody defaulting on that loan, you could put it back in the inventory and you can remarket. So it becomes easier on a buying site. You don't need to go buy those lots anymore. So you can lighten, uh, lighten up your staffing on the new acquisitions, but you could continue to have folks on the disposition on the sales side to, um, uh, to keep uh, turning this inventory into, into new receivables. So uh, without spending ton more time, um, what would you do if you start seeing the delinquency rate increasing? In other words, right now you, you're dealing with 1% for July. 
what if you start seeing 1% becomes one and a half and then two? Kind of what, what's a normal course of action when you see um, the market conditions beginning to change? And the, the beautiful part about this is that this stuff doesn't change overnight. It takes typically a couple of years for the uh, problems to kick in. So if anything, you're gonna see a ton of uh, data that's gonna point you uh, in the direction where you gotta adjust the business. Right, so I mean, if we see sort of increases in, in, in bad numbers, like you mentioned, um, obviously we will want to retract a little bit. So on the, um, just generally speaking, our company, we are lightening our load on just overhead. So we're, we're making that tighter anyway. We're, we're getting much more efficient with our expenses and on our, on our servicing aspect, um, we're, we're getting a lot leaner from, uh, on that aspect. So our overhead for our customer service and collections team in the next, call it three to six months, is actually going to be meaningfully lower than it is today. So we feel very good about where we are from that aspect. So um, and on, on if, if we do start to see um, bad numbers on the portfolio, that would, what that would really do is and tell me is that the long-term value of a new customer is now going down. So it obviously depends on how um, how bad the numbers are, but if, if the LTV of a customer is now going down, we're going to want to spend less on marketing and sales and make sure that our cost per new customer is now going down. So say it costs on average $2,000 per, per sale um, for marketing and sales spend, just numbers. We're now going to want to make that probably, even though like we feel very comfortable in saying that the LTV of a customer is 10, 15, 20,000, it could be in that range. Um, but and, and we feel right now that we're actually very um, conservative on those customer acquisition costs, we would get even more conservative and we would start to spend less on marketing, less on sales, and just make sure that um, we're really hedging in case these new customers that we're adding to our portfolio um, are, are, are not there for the long term because now the, the economy is hard and maybe people are losing jobs. And, and um, we now think that they're not going to make it as far in there payment terms as they would have maybe in, in a better economic environment. So we'll get a lot more lean on marketing, a lot more lean on sales. And just generally speaking, we're getting, um, we're getting a lot leaner on just overhead customer service um, and, and that aspect of our business. So that, that's stuff that we're doing anyways. Um, and just on new inventory acquisitions, we're, um, we, would, we would cut that off most likely um, pretty dramatically in the, in the event that the portfolio starts turning off. We obviously don't want to spend a ton of money on new property acquisitions. So we would just be a lot leaner um, in that scenario. That makes sense. So what percentage roughly, what percentage of your total lots that you have in the portfolio um, are the, the unsold inventory? In other words, uh, I think you said you have 1,600 customers or I don't know how many lots, uh, but how many basically lots uh, are in the inventory relative to approximately, relative to the total portfolio that you have uh, sold as, as receivables? So we have on our website, if you go to our website, we probably have between uh, five, around 500 to 600 lots available for sale. So we're actively selling, I mean, this month we will probably sell around 150 lots. We are, so if, if you do that math, we have called four months of portfolio, some cancel, so maybe five or six months of inventory. We're actively getting that down. We have, um, so that, that's kind of where we stand right now and, and we're looking to get leaner. We have, um, we have 
we have a, a good amount of land in our core markets to sustain us for a little while. So that's kind of where we are. And we're trying to get a little skinnier uh, on the inventory front and we, and we will continue to do that. Uh, whether there's a recession or not, we're going to get continue to get leaner. Well, the question is just in time, right? So if you have, uh, if you have just in time lots, then you have a limited inventory. And then if you sell those and you got a problem, you got no new product, right? So you, you have to maintain a certain amount of inventory um, at all times. And given how cheap you buy them, maybe five, six months of inventory sales is not bad at all because um, they're such an inexpensive inventory. And is this an accurate number? So 500 lots inventory and about 1,600 um, lots uh, sold, right, roughly? Yeah, we have about six, I would say 600 lots on the website. Um, and I mean, yeah, in markets like Florida, it's, it's really hard for us to keep property on, on the site. Those are growing so fast at this point that we'll most likely continue to just buy over there and just replace because we're really seeing a big demand there that we haven't really before. So that's something new. And we're going to continually replace inventory. Um, as we obviously, as we see opportunities, we'll want to continue to, um, replace and make sure that we're adequately, um, adequately uh, stored on our website. Yeah, it makes total sense. I appreciate sharing all this data. And um, uh, so share with the audience, how would folks learn more about you is just, I guess the website, discountlots.com, right? Yeah, you can go to discountlots.com. Um, you can email me, Willie, W-I-L-L-I-E at discountlots.com. If you're curious, you want more information, happy to share. So thank you kindly, Willie. Thank you for sharing. and. Um, it's not easy to talk about stress, stress testing your business. You always want to think, hey, it's going to grow. It's going to do well. It's kind of like a painful exercise to go through stress test conditions. It's almost like they really have to do that. Uh, but the good news is that preparation makes you feel pretty good about uh, preparing for a downturn. And hopefully you're not going to see a, any serious downturn in the business you're in. There may be correction in the expensive overpriced um, housing um, properties uh, versus the, the land lots, which are relatively inexpensive. And um, maybe your million and a half dollar home can drop in price to, wait, just say 20% if the market is overheated, can drop to 1.3, 1.25, and then range. <laughs> While the $25,000 lot, is it likely to, even if it drops, uh, saying 20, 30%, you're still in pretty decent shape because you bought it for five grand. So right, from that right. perspective, it, it's not a big deal uh, from that perspective, you know, from that point of view. And as long as uh, folks are paying for what they bought and is receivables are sticky, um, your business is really, um, uh, I love this comment about your business. It's like a used car business, except for the, the, the land doesn't depreciate. You don't have to worry about the car being, uh, you know, getting older and, and be, being beaten up and you don't have to repossess. You don't have to go find the car. And if they don't pay you, you just basically, they default on their contract. You, you put that uh, property right back in the uh, inventory. Right, our, our head of collections comes from J.D. Byrider. She um, has about 15 years experience doing auto loan collections. And she the stories that she tells us and about having to repossess cars and how they have to basically write off uh, about five to $10,000 each car every time they repossess it, it's just not, it doesn't impact our business um, because the charge off is so less. It's, it's we basically get the land back and, and relist it on the website and offer the same terms, if not better. 
um, than we originally offered. So from that standpoint, we're, we're uh, significantly protected. Um, and I do want to just say that our, our things are going super well for us right now on the on the sales front. So new sales are, are crushing it right now. Um, and and we're, we're pretty optimistic about where we're going from here. Willie, thank you kindly. We appreciate the opportunity to invest with you. We've invested with you from Tempo Income Fund and Tempo Opportunity Fund and really enjoy working with you and Paul and, and you guys are super responsive and super data driven, which makes a big difference when you have a business driven by data, not touch and feely and, and you guys are incredibly well organized. So I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be working with you guys too. We appreciate it, Mike. We were like working with you guys too. Thank you so much, Willie. Thank you for listening to the Big Mike Fun Podcast. To receive your copy of Mike's How to Choose a Smart Real Estate Fun Book, head to BigMikeFun.com or visit Amazon and type Mike's slot name. Keep listening and keep investing Big Mike style. See you on the next episode.